think very much like part of my job as an interior designer is taking like all of these inspirations of both mine and potentially our clients and making sure that we're very sort of selective in the pieces that we choose so that you know you might have lots of different eras and styles and colors but making sure that you're sort of creating it into something that feels new and has its own kind of design DNA and has its own personality. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse magazine. Welcome to the House Guest Podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses, hotels, shops and brands you see in glossy magazines like ours. If you listen on the Entail app, there's more information and images on the projects and people mentioned. And if you're doing up your own home, hopefully you'll pick up some tips for yourself. Today, I'm delighted to be chatting to Tiffany Duggan, who is the founder of Studio Duggan and lifestyle brand Trove. Studio Duggan is renowned for highly crafted and dynamic interiors that fearlessly unite different eras. Tiffany, you've had some really wonderful projects, a Soho House-inspired lake house in Munich, a Notting Hill bachelor pad. Um, You renovated two properties that were part of William Pitt's old stable block in Hampstead, a gothic pile in Hertfordshire. I mean, it's quite a variety. Do you have any favourites? Oh, I, I mean, I suppose I think the best projects to be involved in are always those where we get quite a sort of clear brief from the client at the beginning, um, even if they don't always initially know what it is that they want. We sort of able through, you know, our sort of initial design analysis process to to get a good gauge of what they're looking for. And then, you know, obviously if we're able to establish that sort of trust with someone where they're happy for us to kind of push the boundaries a bit and sort of go a little bit outside what they would sort of usually do themselves, then I think those are always the most exciting projects because, you know, you're creating something new and something that you love, but something that's obviously really based on, on them and their needs and, and their likes, which, which obviously is our job. And you have quite, it's quite an interesting background because you started off in set design and interior styling for magazine. So tell us a little bit about why you decided to go in interiors and how you set up the company. So, yeah, so I, I actually, I went to um, a drama school randomly. I went to um, Central School of Speech and Drama and I studied scenic art and set design and I loved it I mean I really really loved it I'd always loved art but I think there was something about doing it on that massive scale so we used to paint sort of all the back cloths and we were lucky to have a proper sort of scenic workshop there and then I worked as a scenic artist for a while after that and scenic artists because everything you're painting is so huge you often work in pairs um so you sort of need someone to hold like the other line of the chalk line or you know to kind of help carry everything around um so I had a really good friend that I worked with and we had a lot of fun um but typically you're painting all through the night (laughs) all the actors can be on step in the daytime um and it was exhausting it was totally exhausting but I did love it but I think it was never going to be something that I could do forever and I think the other thing that I always found quite difficult about it was, you know, you would spend all this time planning and, um, you know, creating something. And then it would just sort of get torn down afterwards. And there was, you know, there was no permanence to it. It sort of felt a bit pointless after when it had all sort of finished. And then funnily enough, after I finished uni and I'd been working, you know, as a scenic artist for a while, I bought my first um, flat, which was a tiny little flat. But I think I just loved moving everything around. I mean, I couldn't stop 
just repainting it and changing it. <laughs> I did the most ridiculous things, but I just kept going. And then I thought, right, I think this is something I really like. So I actually applied for um, an internship at El Decoration magazine as a sort of stylist assistant. And yeah, I, that was like a six month internship and it was really good. I mean, I learned lots and lots. And then after that, I worked as a stylist for a while. But I think, again, it was a similar kind of thing where I felt as though you sort of like worked on this like production, but then actually it never stayed. You know, everything you did sort of always got torn down afterwards. So I guess interior design felt like the natural progression. Of so you, you were sort of honing your skills and, and finally doing something that was going to have longevity. When did you set up Studio Duggan? It was 2012. So eight years ago. And what was the first project you worked on? The, well, actually, one of the reasons why I started up the company was because a friend had said to me that she'd like me to help her with her house. And I thought, right, this is such a good opportunity to take the plunge. And actually, funny enough, it never ended up happening. But luckily, someone else who sort of, you know, I knew through, through someone, through someone had just got in touch and said that they would, they would like some help. So it sort of went from taking the plunge to panic to then, to then actually, you know, it all working out. So it's mostly residential and, and a few little boutique hotels. And then you decided to launch your lifestyle brand. Yes, yes. So we launched in October 2019. And what sort of designs are you doing? What was it about doing something for yourself that you felt that you weren't finding when you were out and about? So I think it's something I've sort of always wanted to do. I've always, I've had like a little box of inspiration. I've always saved ideas for, you know, furniture and things like that. And often we are able to use those in projects, but typically I find projects end up taking so their own sort of route that nothing, none of these things that you kind of collect and hope to use one day ever work. You know, we've got like a storage unit full of items which I've like found and loved. I thought, I'll definitely find a space for that. And, I, and you just, I don't. <laughs> so I think it was a similar thing as sort of having, um, having certain pieces that I really wanted to, to see made um, that I'd had ideas for for ages, um, but sort of never ended up actually sort of getting, you know, feeling right for a project. Um, so I think partly it, partly it was that. And I think partly it was also really, it was really nice to be my own client for once as well. Um, so very much like how we approached Trove was how we approach a Studio Dublin design project. Um, so we sort of, we started off just with millions of ideas and then realized that we needed a concept uh, to sort of ground us and help us make those decisions. So we did a concept and we kind of, I mean, it was, it was a fairly eclectic globally inspired kind of concept and it didn't have any like particular furniture items in it but it was just a look and feel to help kind of make decisions on which pieces should be in the collection and which shouldn't and I think it was really important to me that it felt like a collection with you know with a sense of self that it had sort of some grounding to it um so we actually spent uh, most of our time was spent you know whittling down pieces and removing items until we felt like we had like the strongest contenders and ones that sat really well together as a as a team and tell us about some of the pieces that you've got in there um so we have our avalon collection um which is probably one of our best sellers and it's sort of a range of fluted um scalloped bottomed 
bedside tables and chests of drawers. Um, there's like a dressing table and a sort of end of bed bench as well. Um, and I love that. I also love our sort of other um, Kayska collection, which is called our Gustav, um, which is kind of modelled on a traditional Gustavian look, um, but it's just a slightly more contemporary feel, like slightly less detailing. Um, and they look really good when they're sort of, you know, lacquered in bright colours. Um, it really kind of makes them come into their own. Um, so though that's on the sort of case good side. And then obviously we've got our headboards, lots of different sort of range of headboard shapes. We've got a sort of small range of seating. Uh, so we designed this lovely little dressing table, but again, sort of wanting this to be a collection that could very much be used together. Um, we sort of felt it was missing its own vanity chair. Um, so we designed a cute little sort of tasseled vanity chair. No, what I love about it is that, you know, when you go into the showroom in West London and your studio is downstairs, um, it's very much, uh, you know, you could, you could actually buy just one piece or you can buy a whole kind of look, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not often that you can go in somewhere and just buy one or one or two pieces, but I think that's what you've done really well. And they're, they're all very usable. Thank you. Yeah, I think I really wanted, I mean, it doesn't always obviously work out this way and it wasn't certainly something that I felt must happen, but I really wanted someone to be able to go into the shop and buy, you know, everything potentially for one room from there and it not feel like they've just gone to one shop. You know, I wanted it to sort of be able to offer that, um, which is one of the reasons why we do sort of created selection of vintage and antiques as well. You know, in all of our design projects, we would always use vintage and antique furniture to sort of, you know, as a foil to, to our own design pieces. Um, so, yeah, so, and it's funny, and I feel as though with most of our customers, it tends to be one or the other. So we either do have people coming in and just buying, you know, one piece, or we do have people coming in and sort of saying, oh, great, I'm so glad that, you know, your bedsides do work perfectly with your headboards and, you know, I love your linens. And so it's nice to, it's, not, it's nice how it's worked out. And there's always so much going on with texture and colour and embroidered pieces, and but it doesn't feel um, overtly uh, claustrophobic. Um, and also, I mean, sitting there now looking at you in with, I mean, uh, we're obviously via Zoom, but you've got a really uh, sort of beautiful, the colours behind you are gorgeous. Um, it's never, you, I don't feel that you're one for a sort of minimalist neutral interior. Tiffany, that's never how I see you. <laughs> no, probably not. Do you know what? I sometimes sort of wish I could sort of turn that way. And I think, well, maybe, you know, maybe I've got it in me to live in this very sort of like minimalist, clean look. Um, but I would just start adding lots of things into it and painting the walls. So, no, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that that's just not really me. <laughs> parts of your experience as a set designer do you bring into your interiors for your clients? So I was more heavily weighted towards the scenic art side than the set design so we sort of studied set design as part of the course um, but it was more scenic art so scenic art is um, both the sort of backdrops that you'll see on stage so it could be kind of clouds or you know buildings or that kind of thing but then there's a lot of and probably most of what I spend my time doing was wood graining and um, marbling and um, you know creating all of those different finishes and I think that that sort of craft has probably really inspired 
what I do. And I think looking at those sort of like textures and finishes and it being so important what, you know, each piece is made of and how it sits next to something else. But then I suppose also, I think everything we do does tend to have sort of a slightly dramatic feel to it. There's always something which is, you know, obviously we want everything to fit together very well, but there's normally the odd item that's a bit unexpected or a bit out there. Um, and I think that's probably stemmed from, from my background in set design and scenic art. And what about inspiration? Do you, are you inspired by a particular era? No, I think inspiration-wise, it's always been sort of a pretty wide net. And I like so many different things that I think that's actually one of the things I found really difficult about Trove was initially when I'd been recording all of these ideas, you know, they were so, so all over the place. It was such a huge melting pot that actually it just, you know, it, it, just, it was too, it didn't go together. Um, and I think very much like part of my job as an interior designer is taking like all of these inspirations of both mine and potentially our clients and making sure that we're very sort of selective in the pieces that we choose um, so that you know you might have lots of different eras and styles and colours but making sure that you're sort of creating it into something that feels new and has its own kind of design DNA and has its own personality. So I think inspirations come from far and wide um, and I think my job in both Trove and in Studio Duggan has been kind of curating them into this selection that feels like something that's quite considered, even if everything may be very different. Tell us a little bit about your team. How many people do you work with? So there's nine of us. Um, there's two plus me on the Trove side, so they're super busy. Um, and then the rest of us are on the design team, um, hiding away in our studio downstairs. Um, and actually, my husband came to join us a few months ago. So um, How's that going? Yeah, fantastic. No, it's going, <laughs> it's going really well. Um, I think it's really, what's really lovely about it is that it is obviously always a bit of a juggle and kind of, you know, difficult to keep the balance of home and work and work is really sort of pretty full on all of the time. Um, but I think it's really nice to sort of be able to have a bit of a tag team with him with, when it comes to the kids and things I know he has to do, things he knows I have to do. So I think it's nice to sort of have that partnership stretch over onto work as well. Um, and I think his um, strengths are probably my weaknesses. So he's a real people person. Like he's, you know, he loves chatting to people when they come into the shop. He could like chat for hours. Um, and I'm much more kind of head down <laughs> in my own, in my own little world. Um, so I think, I think it works really well. Um, but yeah, you know, we spend a lot of time together. And what about moving forward and what you're working on at the moment? Are you, are you as busy as ever? I mean, obviously we've just been through a sort of bizarre kind of global shenanigans um, and hopefully it's, it's all coming to an end. But are there new projects in the pipeline? Yeah, there are. It's been funny. We're at a point now where this summer we'll pretty much be installing sort of up until October, all of the projects that have been keeping us so busy for the last sort of three to four years. So we actually just completed last month a project, yeah, we've been working on for four years, which I think is a new record for us. Is that, it was a is that a new build? Yeah, 
it was a new build and we were really involved from early stages. So we were very involved in all of the architectural layouts um, and we really sort of took that down to an installation, you know, tableware and linens um, and, you know, clothes hangers. So it was a really sort of um, thorough, full project, which was great. I think those are our favourite projects to do, actually, where you really sort of get to like create a world where everything feels kind of really considered and in line with what we're trying to create. Is that in the UK? Yeah, so that's in North London. So we've we've literally completed that a couple of weeks ago. We just had it photographed. I haven't had the photographs back. I'm very excited. And then we're currently installing a townhouse in Holland Park, which on the other end of the scale, our clients are renting. So it's totally a sort of FF&E and decoration project, which normally we don't sort of take on too many of those because we really like to get involved in the nuts and bolts from the beginning. Um, but it's been really surprising, actually, how much of a difference we've been able to make in, you know, just a few months and without knocking any walls down or changing any kitchens or bathrooms. So, yeah, that one's installing as we speak. Next on the install list for next month um, is a listed boathouse in Henley. Oh, love um, Yeah, which is a really fun project, which will be a really, really special one. I'm really excited to see that one. And what do they, what do, they do? They're leaving it as a boathouse. So, so our client loves vintage boats and he has um, sort of a, a storage unit nearby where um, he, he keeps his collection. Yeah, so it was perfect for them. It was a perfect place where they could, you know, have a little mooring outside um, and then, you know, be close to the river, which is what they love. It's not a boathouse anymore, as in the boat's not stored within it anymore, but, you know, you can still moor it outside. Um, but it's right on the river and um, it's been great because it's not there primary home um so we've been able to sort of you know their brief initially was don't worry about the practicalities we just want this to be a really fun amazing space to entertain in so you never get that brief I mean I was so happy to receive that brief you know (laughs) just go for it and yeah so then we've got a couple of others that are sort of coming after that so I think up until the year under the year we'll be we'll be really busy and I think we have actually found um during lockdown that we've had a lot more inquiries than normal which I think and we found a sort of similar situation I think with Trove um, where you know we were obviously concerned to have to sort of shut up shop and and, and only sort of rely on the website but I think what this whole process has meant is that I think the homes are there's been a lot more emphasis on people's homes and how they feel at home and the importance of the home. And are you allowed to give us an insight into what you've done in this amazing boathouse? Is it, or is it all top secret? Oh, gosh. Um, is it sort of nautical and blue? It, no, it's, it's, it's not nautical. Um, we tried to make sure that we didn't sort of make it too much of a cliche. I mean, we kept finding these amazing, you know, rope handles and things and thinking, oh, how perfect. But no, we tried to sort of stay away from that. But I think the colours feel right so there's lots of sort of deep inky blues and greys um actually it's it's unusual because it's sort of an upside down house so you walk in on the sort of 
ground floor, which is the um, bedroom level. And then you go up a staircase um, to just a huge open plan space. It's just one massive room with a vaulted ceiling and beams, and then a huge sort of, you know, glass wall just looking out onto the river. So it's all sort of focused on, on that view. Um, so the kitchen is more of a bar, really, for the kitchen. Um, and it's... Place. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. We keep saying to them, please do keep inviting us back. We're so sad to leave. Um, and it's got um, sort of full height, beautiful sort of gl glass tiles, um, which are a very sort of, yeah, a very sort of deep, deep grey, sort of with a slight sort of hint of blue colour, quite lagoon-like. Um, so that's sort of at the far end um, with lots of light sort of coming in from those huge windows, which is, is really pretty. I think the colours at the boathouse are probably really the most special part of it. So we've got lots of sort of greens and blues and aubergines and dusky pinks. Um, and then it's all sort of set against um, a very sort of hand painted wall. Um, so we've actually gone for, we actually went for a sort of three quarter height, very simple, sort of not too traditional looking panelling around the whole of the large room, which I think it needed to sort of tie in together because it was such a massive space. You know, we had the kitchen and then we had a banquette area and then we had a large dining table area and we had a huge seating area. Um, and I think it was all sort of looking a little bit disparate without having something to unite it. Um, so the panelling, I think, helped, which is in a lovely colour called... Inkiara, a lovely colour called Inkiara. And then, but then the rest, sort of the tops of the walls and the ceilings are all in a bowwork paint, um, which is, you know, that when it sort of looks quite hand, hand finished, it's like a clay paint, which I think it needs that sort of lightness and air because everything else is sort of deeper and a bit more heavy. Oh, it sounds divine. Thank yeah. you so much, Tiffany. It's been a real delight to chat. Thank you, you too. Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on iTunes or Entail, where you can also find images, links and notes to enhance each episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett. And keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. For more news and views in the world of interior design, sign up to our newsletter at countryandtownhouse.co.uk and why not listen in to our sister podcast, Breakout Culture with Lord Ed Vasey and Charlotte Fruity Metcalf. <laughs>